You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. Hey, Jordan, your usual drink tonight? Yes, thank you. So, where's Eric and Ryan? Uh, They're on their way. I wanted to listen to your latest podcast, but where can I download the episodes again? You can download all of our episodes at movieguyspodcast.podme.com. You can also find us on every social media platform. Every social media platform? That's awesome. Hey, it looks like your friends are here. Let me get the first round for you guys. So guys, I know when I'm down and out in my luck, the only thing that I needed to do is uh, create, uh, you know, an illegal prostitution whorehouse in my parents' house to collect some money. That's all I needed to do. We're talking about risky business. First time I've ever seen it and first time Eric has seen it all the way through. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm, I, I think that you're looking at it the wrong way, Jordan. I think that you should look at it when an opportunity presents itself. You should grab it and take it. Right? I mean, I think Ryan could agree to that. Yeah, sometimes you just gotta say, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. so this is the backstory of Will Ferrell's character and other guys, right? Because pimps don't cry. Gator ain't gonna play around. I mean, like, this is pretty much, like, the background of, of, of Will Ferrell's character, right, guys? I mean, that's exactly what this is. How's the connection work out again? I mean, like, they're both kind of, like, you know, dorky kind of guys, and then he falls in love with the girl, you know, and then the girl's like, hey, you know, you know, hey. And he's like, okay, I'll, I'll get some protection. And all of a sudden, he puts on some Ray-Ban sunglasses and call himself Gator. And Gator's, Gator's bitches better be wearing jimmies. So, the, the first thing you bring up is that, huh? This is yeah. uh, a lot of questionable so, things about this movie. Yeah, one is that Joel is a loser? Are they losers? No, I don't know. He's a well-to-do rich kid, but he seems to have a problem uh, getting a girlfriend. Okay, Ryan, I got to know, because you've seen this movie before. Uh, I'm assuming from our conversation off here that you like this movie a lot. I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Why is this movie so popular? Well, it's got that breakthrough performance from Tom Cruise, who has been a megastar for longer than I believe all of us have been alive. Um, This is the first one that shot him into like mainstream name recognition. Uh, Great score. Uh, I I mentioned that. I think it, the, the biggest success for it um, is like the, it melds a sort of noirish aspect, like a neo noir aspect. Um, Like a, I don't want to say like techno thriller, but um with the coming of age genre and does it very well. I think also because uh, Rebecca de Mornay shows Bush. Um, I think that also helps out. I'm not saying like that's the, the key to the success, but like you have that scene where she just walks in and he fills her up and then the back patio door swings in and all the dead leaves fly in. It's very nice. Very well done. Okay. So it's pretty. I mean, that's the reason why, because I like to say that he's better in The Outsiders than this. 
Uh, I think he's well, better than if he's, he's better. What what taps? Is that what it's not taps? What's that military it's taps. movie? Yeah, it's taps, taps okay. from anyone, but he's barely in the Outsiders. Like that's not his movie. Like this is his movie. Yeah. Um, you could say like um all the right moves because that came out in '83 as well, and losing it, he's a big part in '80 that uh, in '83. Um, but like this is everyone knows the dancing in his underwear to Bob Seger bit. Um, like that the this movie is the reason Ray Ban didn't go out of business. Like it's got a legacy to it. My wife lost her shit, by the way, when he was dancing in his underwear. And I looked at her and I went, Really? She went, Yeah. I mean, look at his hips. I'm like, Really? This is sexy. He's walking around in his whitey tidy. She goes, It doesn't matter. Like waving herself, you know, like, okay. All right. Okay. Good looking guy when he was uh, younger. I think, was he like 20 or 21 when they, they shot this? I think. 20. Look at that. So, yeah, he's. Uh, you know he's young and uh, attractive and, and killing it. That's 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 what the cell is. He's got the face. Okay, so I guess I'll just rip off the bandaid. My my uh, biggest problem with this movie is that the plot doesn't make really much sense to me because I did not know what I was getting myself into. Uh, I mean, like, is this like a teen sex comedy like we have been doing recently in the series? <laughs> and then the movie is like is kind of drama and has this like noir kind of feel like like Ryan was pointing out. So I was confused for the feel that we were going for with it because there was like a lot of shenanigans, but no payoff. You know, like it was like a good comedian stand up joke and I'm waiting for the punchline and like there's no punchline. And I'm sorry, but the prostitute was really fucking annoying. A really, really fucking annoying. <laughs> I, I have she, to agree with you there. Uh, she was not my my favorite, not in any any flaw of uh, Rebecca's acting, but in in just the character itself. It's not that uh, no, she played it. I, I think that she played well. That's who, who that character is. Is just kind of uh, out for survival. You know, she's out for herself, and she does that very well. What I don't get, um, sorry to just add off of you, Dred, is that why Joel keeps on going back. And keeps on trusting her this entire time. Is it just uh, that that's the love story of this? Is that he actually trying to give her a chance and she finally sees it and becomes boyfriend and girlfriend? Or is it just like I don't know, silly writing for the character? Like why would he why would he do that? He's that desperate for a girlfriend that he'll yes. risk Absolutely he's a, yes. a a a uh, a harem of women coming in and, and cracking his mother's precious glass egg. Yes, absolutely right. It is it is terrible writing for the character. Ryan, I want to fight you. I, I, I want you to fight me on this. Tell me that we're wrong. I mean, like, it doesn't make sense why he's after her so much. I guess the ass was just that good. Well, if you guys remember the part when um, at the beginning he's telling the story of how he could have had the Kessler girl. She was um, drying off her clothes. She was laying on the kitchen floor just begging for him, and then he couldn't, right. he, he couldn't do it. Um, and then shortly after that, the, I think it's the next scene, actually. Um, his parents are driving to the airport, and he's going to drop them off, so they leave for the week. And they're telling all these things about, like, you know, the Princeton University, all these things he's supposed to do with the house, the money he has left, like, the money they left him. And it's very obvious that Joel, he's not happy with the future they, like, the school thing, what, how, what they've set out for him, because he... You know, either doesn't want it or doesn't think he's gonna get it. So why even try? 
Um, he doesn't like the domineering nature of you can do this, you can't do that, even though he's going to be in complete control of the house. Um, and combine those together. Lana has a sort of, how do I say it, wrong side of the tracks feel to her, like especially to Joel, um, because there's a, a seductive element to her character for him because he comes from this sort of high class, not high class, but high brow uh, world. And you got this girl who is from the city, inner city Chicago. Well, maybe not inner city Chicago, but from the city, right? He's a suburbanite. She's the girl from, from the wrong side of the tracks. So there's the seduction there. She's also, you know, taking his virginity. So you got to keep in mind, he's also a teenager. And it's the first time he's experiencing something like this. So I don't put the fact that he keeps trusting her as him being like dumb writing or like writing a bad character or a stupid character. I take sure. it as he's a kid. He's experiencing these things for the first time. And he just he he doesn't know when to quit. He doesn't. But, he you know, he doesn't know where it's going. So he doesn't know when to get off the ride. Well, with that, that how old are these characters supposed to be? Is he? Are we going to assume that because they're they're seniors in high school that we're just for the sake of of anything any legal trouble that they're all eighteen? And I imagine I, I I took it they're eighteen like they're on the cusp of adulthood because they're graduating high school and they're all going... the, and all the people he recruited for his little uh whorehouse I guess for the day for the night they we're gonna assume that they were all eighteen get carted at the door type of thing. Yeah. No, they're. I mean, I very obviously some of them are not, not, not that age. You have the you have that one kid. It looks like he's still going through puberty on the couch as the two girls sit next to him. Is it actually said in the movie that Tom Cruise is still a virgin before Lana comes into his life? Yeah, I mean, they don't. They they. I don't think they call him a virgin, but when he tells the story of the Kessler girl and how uh, he's outside with his friend Miles. Um, the guy from Revenge of the Nerds, they're like he's telling him, you know, you just gotta take it, you know, say what the fuck, take chances and things like that. And while he's explaining that, Tom Cruise, uh, Joel is explaining how he didn't think it would work, and and then he says something like he's he's tired of it or something like that. Well, I don't think it so matters it, if he was anyway. I, I think just as you had said before, uh, highlighting his dream a bit, where he walked into the shower and then it walked to a classroom, and the pressure from his parents, like he's he's got something built up pent up and and you could see that even more in that part when he was in his bed and i think he tried to masturbate right and he was unable to he was frustrated or something um, yeah that's why he calls lana yeah exactly so there well, was... yeah, he calls lana yeah he, he calls lana because he's upset because we get a we get a cross-dressing black guy coming in and was that supposed to be for laughs not to sound like a grumpy old fart here but i didn't find that whole stick funny like we got a prostitute coming. Oh, it's a big burly black guy looking like a looking like a chick. Yeah, like was that supposed to be a? Li- I, I did not find that. That's probably the comedy uh, of it, but and why the character was so non-threatening and just kind of you know joke was done. Uh, Jackie, his character's name. Why Jackie came right. in and they did the joke and just like oh I'm used to it, honey. Uh, here here's what we really need and here's what the plot really needs too is the real phone number to the actual character. And right, writes down the phone number. There you go. Move it forward. I just didn't think it was funny, but okay. Another thing that kind of pissed me off all this movie is that all before Lana comes in, 
he's dreaming all the time about sex or sex things or whatever, right? Like, like the opening shot of the movie is Tim walking in to a woman who is uh, showering, which that's clearly Lana. Um, that is not Lana that, at all. That was the same actress. That was not that the was, same actress. That was, that was not. Not even okay. close. Whoa, wait, wait. Do, do all white people look the same to you? Yes, absolutely. Good for you. Anyway. He never you. looks a woman in the face, anyways. We all know that. I'm just I'm just saying I'm just <laughs> I'm just saying because of the body. It looked like Lana, but anyway, so so what what really made me frustrated physically, right? I I was I I slapped my knees. We were watching the movie. It's like, really? Out of frustration. Because, like, all before Lana, he's dreaming, he's dreaming, dreaming. It's like, is it a dream? It is a dream. It's not a dream. And then he falls asleep waiting for her. She comes in. She just literally breaks into his house, right? And yeah. then, you know, she gets undressed. He stands behind her. He feels her up. And then the doors open romantically with the dead leaves, like Ryan said. And they make love. And then they're making love on the stairs. I'm like, this is clearly a dream. Nope, bitch is there. I'm like, really? Like, and he's just, okay. Like, it just, it, it pissed me off. It doesn't seem like, like, it, like a dream sequence. I, I didn't, you're right, I didn't know of actually if it was uh, real or not, especially because he was sleeping on the couch moments before. And so I mean, it, it, it kind of um, left that open to be, to be something. But... Guys, a, a prostitute broke into his house. Am I the only one, I guess? I took it as a dream. Like it's but it was like she what clearly wasn't. No, I so mean, I I take it I, I take it as she they she did show up and they had sex, but it's nothing crazy like what we saw. Like what we saw is a dream. But in reality they did have sex that night. It's just you know, it's most likely his first time. It's not gonna be that way. Especially when later on she takes him on the subway. And that's presented as like the first real, like first real sexual adventure for him. Not just like you know he might have he might have busted on the third hump. Ryan, I'm sorry, man. That seems very thin to me because the movie doesn't hint or give me any subplot or show me anything different than that. The movie shows me her breaking in, taking off her clothes, and they're fucking. There's nothing else that hints to that at all. And I think the reason why he felt weird on the train was because there's people around there staring, especially that guy with no teeth, the drunk guy in the train later than the movie. No, I mean, like, the movie shows me she breaks in and they fuck. That's what it shows me, and that's what I have to take as face value because this movie's not supposed to be artistic, so why would I think anything else than Tom Cruise, you know, getting his dick wet? Does he Does he dream? Um, does he dream after he meets Lana? No, and that's the thing that I find interesting. Is yeah. That, is that the whole... That was his last dream. Yeah. All right. All right. How about how about this? How about this? Just to add on to that scene, there a bit more. Could it be then because it was we know it has to be reality and, and it really did happen that she does wake up in the morning, but we're kind of almost seeing it from his point of view where everything that happened that that he had gone through and, and obviously losing it to her that we're presuming that and you know, for, for them to, to do wherever it is they did on, like, the steps and the chair and all those other scenes that they showed, maybe it was supposed to be, from from his point of view, thing, that it was, like, this magical type of thing. It was, I, I don't know, his his first time of, of being deflowered. And I, I don't know what I'm trying to say. No, I... <laughs> 
I, I appreciate it. you I attempting did. to defend me. I appreciate it. No, well, I, it, I, I get it. I just wish they would have showed it. I thought they were maybe trying too hard in the scene, basically. is is I, I don't know if if that was – because a lot of things don't, after that still don't much make sense. We had the same thing happen in the subway as well, too. It seems like every time that Joel, the character in – Lana are intimate. We have this this kind of I don't know adjustment in in the lens here, just a, a different way of doing it. I don't know what they did that. On, uh, were I'm sorry, what reason why they would do that for? Well, now she charges three hundred dollars for the night, and he leaves. His fault, you know. She steals the egg, and then the movie is all about get the egg, get the egg. And I thought that's where the movie was going because I had no idea why this was called risky business. And uh, all, all I knew of this movie was the underwear dancing. Everybody has seen that. But I did not know why this was called Risky Business. So I did not know where this movie was going to go. I thought the rest of the movie is going to be about him and his friends going to Chicago. Shenanigans ensue to get the egg back. You know, I did not know it was going to go this far. Uh, but then he trusts her. And then we get a cipher from The Matrix. Uh, I was like, hey, that's The Matrix guy. My wife's like, that's not Neo. I'm like, shut the fuck up. But, uh, yeah, he's the pimp. He's the pimp. Why uh, why drive around the Porsche, by the way? Uh, that just seems stupid. You're going to steal your dad's Porsche. Like, this isn't like your mom's, uh, you know, van here. This is a Porsche. Very stupid kid. Yeah, his dad told him not to take it. He's rebelling. I mean, I guess. So is this up? where we kind of get a Ferris, Bueller, cool. a Ferris Bueller vibe from this movie? This is this is when we think and we see everything bad happening to him. And the my biggest gripe, I guess I'll just spoil it now, is there's no redemption and there's no consequences. Everything that happens that's so bad to him, it gets fixed. And it was so frustrating. You can't for me. say it's without consequence. It is without much concept of time. Like... I, that is something to be to take note because he gets his dad's Porsche, by the way, Alana's fault, uh, into Lake Michigan. So he has to one get it towed out and then pay for all the damages. And which is why he has to do the whorehouse, though. It, it's just but, yeah. So he he gets that and uh, yeah, then he gets robbed though, and like that's another thing too. So to it's not completely without consequence. He's obviously putting. Rough situations. The main Joel wins no matter what. He wins. The white, rich suburban guy wins. That's kind of like my issue with this movie. Is that I don't there know. Is I no... think Guido could have made out pretty good too. Like Guido Joe, probably made. Yeah, Joe Pantoliano sure. did a pretty good job. He didn't. He kind of did minimal work there and, and walked away with a pretty good stack. Okay, so look, let's break it down. This is my problem with the movie. Now, there's nothing wrong with a happy ending, right? But for a movie to be as widely loved, respected, and, and watched as this movie, I'm expecting a little bit more, and I'm not expecting porkies. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting some meat with my potatoes. So what I don't like is all these shenanigans ensue pretty much, but the car gets completely totaled. They have a nice little gag of fish coming out of the car when they bring it to the dealership to get it fixed, right? But guess what happens? He has the whorehouse. He gets the money to get it fixed. You know, uh, he has to get the egg back. Guess what? He got the egg back. Um, he has to uh, get all of his parents' furniture in. 
guess what? He had to pay the rest of his whorehouse money, money that he did not 100% earn. But guess what? He got all the furniture back. And guess what? The last thing is the Princeton guy comes into the whorehouse, ignores the fact there's a party for some reason, talks to Tom Cruise, and at the movie, it's like, hey, guess what? You saved dad's car. You had a whorehouse. You got all the stuff back. You saved the mom's egg. A little tiny crack. She overreacted, whatever. And you're going to Princeton. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, like he didn't yeah. learn a damn thing. Right up, wrap it up in a little bow right there, right? Well, yeah. yeah it, 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 it was th- that was the frustrating part. It was like, take away something from him so he learns from the mistakes that he made as a young man. Something. You know, because he literally was a complete cock to that Princeton guy. Nothing happens. Am I wrong, Ryan? Because I know you're defending this. I mean, am I wrong? This is this is quite uh, the, the look at this movie. I would not have seen it this way, I guess. No, I think you, I mean, you have a point. Like he, his setbacks are covered by the end of the movie. Um, I took it as it's more of a coming into your own sort of like it's a coming of age um, tale where he has the confidence because at the beginning it sets it up clearly like he doesn't have the confidence to get laid he doesn't have the confidence to stand up to his parents and you know basically that's what we that's the joel we get at the end when we have the scene at the track where he's talking about or he's talking to lana asking her if, if she set him up and saying like you know where they could have been and things like that and then the scene at the end after the um was it young enterprisers um convention future enterprisers um where he's talking to her about how she'll have to pay him for sex and the voiceover talking about how he deals in human fulfillment so i i mean i can understand the argument that you don't like it because you feel there's no consequences for the rich white kid. Um, but I, the story isn't really, I don't think the story is about that for me. It was always about Joel coming into his own, being able to be confident and go, you know, just say, what the fuck, take some chances. It's actually and a good way that... of looking at it right there to, to cut you off there, Jordan. It's just because yeah, of those moments where they do show, uh, in in you know in story mode in, in the character building in the beginning, him going to these enterprise meetings and him kind of uh, stumbling on learning the content of of how to do free enterprise and how to do business and stuff, and you have his friend that's kind of trying to help him out and suddenly he gets put into the situation and you know it, it's he has a different look on it he's he's uh, bringing something new and that's uh, helping him also come out of the shell and find himself and get that confidence. So I, I agree with Ryan on that. All right, fine. Here's my Trump card. He's late for the test. He tries to get an excuse. He even grabs what the nurse or the teacher, whoever by the collar, right. And says, you need a level with me. I just need some help. He gets five days suspension and that is completely dropped. It's never brought up again. The Princeton guy, he gets, he gets into Princeton, yeah. Yeah, he gets into Princeton, but it's never brought up again. Like, you would so think, you know. important. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's, that's okay. true, Jordan. Like, all of that all right. was a worry to think that he would be not able to get into Princeton because of the bad record. He got into Princeton only because the Princeton guy got his cock sucked that night. If that guy came there with his parents there, no whorehouse, 
and he sat down and talked to him, right? And everything right. happened in the movie before he never would have gotten in. He got it in because the guy got his cock sucked. Don't tell me that that's not how it happened. Because that's exactly well, what the movie go. shows me. That, movies, is, that movies is exactly a comment. what happened. Yeah, the movie's a comment on Enterprise, buddy. It's frustrating to me because it's like, why is this movie so beloved? I don't see it. I just don't see it. I think American Pie is more beloved than this, in my opinion. I mean, that. You're I guess bias. that speaks more to me. No, I, I, I guess that's bias. I guess you're right. I guess that speaks more to me. You know, I just, I just don't see it. It's just well, wow. Well, you also got. I mean, if you want to compare it to American, I don't think there's a comparison really between this movie and American Pie because, like, this movie is trying to be a couple things at once. Like we've said a couple times, it's melding two genres together, like two storytelling techniques together. Plus, it's got that really kick-ass um, score. Um, but American Pie is an ensemble comedy. Like, this movie has funny moments. I believe it's in the comedy section at the video store I used to go to. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not a laugh-out-loud comedy. A lot of the comedy comes from character beats, not setups and deliveries. Whereas American Pie is an ensemble piece about kids trying to get laid, and it's a comedy and nothing else. It's shot like a comedy. It's shot like a studio picture. Um, there, it's it's kind of bland. This actually has some style and flair to it, especially at nighttime stuff when they're in the city, except for when they're I on the dock. But I, but I will like, agree with you. Yeah, I, I will definitely agree with you. It does have style. Sorry to cut you off. It, it yeah. does. Yeah, but I don't think there's. I don't think that's an. It's an apples and oranges sort of thing, right? Like they're both okay. they're both dealing with like teenagers having sex, but that you know that's like saying you know that's like yeah I don't have a good analogy, but yeah. I don't think there's a real good comparison between the two. Okay. Well, I kind of feel like we're going in circles with this a little bit. There's nothing much more I think we can discuss about it. I mean, I got a chance to get my opinions out. I definitely hear what you guys are saying on it as well. You know, it's just, I guess before we get to our popcorn rings, my frustration was I didn't know what I was getting myself into at all because I didn't even read a plot summary. I didn't even watch a trailer. And, like, after the underwear dancing, I'm like, okay, that's all I know. So where's this movie going to take me? And it took me in a place where I guess I didn't think I was going to go. Maybe I need to watch it again. Maybe I'll have a different opinion. But uh, let's, let's get into our popcorn ratings. Uh, Ryan, let's go with you first. What is your popcorn rating for Risky Business? I'm going to give it a large bag. Um, this is one of my favorite movies uh, of all time. I think that Tom Cruise is very deserving of the like the breakout notices he got for this movie i I, i'm surprised that the director of this the writer director didn't really do anything major after this as far as i know um rebecca de mornay is good i think there are some negatives alana's character is very underwritten they give her that one scene where um she does like where they try to give her a backstory about you know why don't you go to school because i'm not my brother and all this stuff um, but it doesn't really matter because she's really just kind of eye candy and she's there to take advantage of Joel. Um, I do agree that some parts don't quite make sense. Like the the whole thing about how, <clears throat> sorry, they, they're basically setting Joel up so they can use his house as a brothel. It, it kind of doesn't fit together that well. Um, but um, like I said, style to spare. Uh, the soundtrack is fantastic. Um, Tangerine Dream uh, are, are amazing. There's this movie called Thief, Michael Mann's first movie. 
um, I watched recently also has a really, really good Tangerine Dream score. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think that people should watch this movie. And it's, it's the I believe, the best of these 80s teen sex comedies that we've been going through. Very easily the best. I'm not going to disagree with you, Ryan, that this is probably the best out of all the ones that we've reviewed. It's definitely better than Porky's or Last American Virgin and, and Valley Girl. I mean, it's definitely the best. Uh, but I'm going to actually – no, actually, no, I, I'm going to disagree with you. I'm going to say Fast Times is still the best out of this. I think Fast Times was a better uh, – fun was, was more fun for me. Uh, but my gripes, I'm not going to repeat it. Uh, I mean, my gripes is, is already what I said in the show. I just didn't understand where this movie was going. Uh, I didn't think Tom Cruise was all that great in it. I just I just didn't see it. I liked him better, uh, you know, in another movie he's done later, uh, Cocktail. And, hell, I even go with Days of Thunder. I'll go with that. I liked him better than that, than this. Like, I just, I just didn't care for his character in this because he didn't learn a lesson. He came out of this unscathed. He went into the battlefield. He was being shot at every which way, and not a single bullet even grazed him. So it's like it, it didn't make any sense to me. Like I would at least want him to learn a lesson from coming of age because that's the whole point of coming of age is that you have to learn a lesson. And right. I didn't think he learned anything. I mean, I can see how you how you can do that, but like I said earlier, I I don't think it's about like getting into school and things like that. It's about him gaining confidence. Sure, he's about to get confidence, but but he still had a fucking brothel in his house, and the cops aren't even called. All those people, like what? It's anyway. But for me, I'm not gonna give it a small. I'm just gonna give it a medium. I think I gotta watch this movie again now that I know what I'm getting myself into, and maybe my popcorn rating will be higher. But at this point in time, with this recording, I'm gonna give it a medium. There are some scenes in it to make me realize why this is a a classic now. But it just wasn't for me. So medium bag for me. Eric, what's going to be your popcorn rating for Risky Business? I will actually give this one a medium. I enjoy the soundtrack as well. Uh, the story was uh, active enough uh, from a few different angles to kind of keep me going. I really didn't know where or what to expect. I'm sorry, and uh, where it was going. Um, there were some questionable areas where I'd, I was just like, well, well, why would that happen that way? But at the same part, like I, I'm kind of already settled into this movie in the tone of the movie where it's just going to kind of be this, uh, this story, you know, so don't take it too seriously. Let's just kind of go along for the ride here. And, uh, that's, that's really what happened. Um, some of it was silly. I think that's what I got from the movie. It didn't really take itself too seriously. It was just kind of. Almost in the uh, almost to the to the border of ridiculous, and um I I enjoyed it. I, it was it had well uh or had really good production value. I mean it was well shot, and I I did enjoy it. It's uh and it has the iconic scene. It stands the test of time, and that's that's a big part of it too. When you have a scene like that that will outlive you, I think that's already um. Something huge to be said. And also, Tom Cruise runs in this movie. So, add another one to the list. Do you guys know about Tom Cruise running oh, and also, all of by the movies? way, that whole dance number in his underwear. He does. He has to run all of them. Every it's, single it's one. Time. Every uh, single one. I uh, did read, before we close out the show last night, uh, after I watched the movie, that uh, that whole underwear scene was improv by Tom Cruise. Um, the music choice was all by Tom Cruise. The script just said that Joel was just supposed to dance to rock music. 
So the underwear, the T-shirt, the sliding across the floor, everything was all improvised by Tom Cruise. So I found that kind of interesting. Good for cool. him. Acting. Acting. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to this most recent episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Like always, check us out at moviegaspodcast.podbean.com and all the social media platforms. And you can hear this episode on Podbean or also any other platform that you get your podcast on. So, Eric and Ryan, thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode. Next week, we'll be coming back with a sequel of a movie we reviewed earlier this year, The Babysitter 2. Finally, we get some horror again. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining me. Have a good night.